solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Chapter thirty five, King's Cross. Welcome to another episode. I'm Alex. I'm Molly, and it this is Pottail Watch. We are really, really close to the end. I looked on the audiobook and it was like, you have an hour and a half left. But in my head, I was like, oh, that can't be true. This chapter must be an hour and a half long. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, all right, I'll give myself an hour and a half to take notes. And And then I was like, oh, no, that's just till the end of the book. Which is really now an hour. I know that's insane to me that's like one chapter one chapter in the epilogue that's insane like this is the penultimate chapter if you're not counting the epilogue I'm stressed I'm gonna say it's the penultimate because you know I'm gonna say it next week and I love saying penultimate it's a good word (laughs) um yeah so we are doing chapter 35 King's Cross which I think is a good name for it. I do because it's because it like also is intrigue. Because if you're just looking at the chapter titles, like you, what would King Cross King's Cross mean after last chapter? You know, like right. it doesn't spoil anything. Um. Yeah, I was trying to be like very in my feelings or whatever for the chapter rename and stuff, and I failed at doing that. So I'm just gonna be me. <laughs> as you should always be just be you girl um so I renamed this pit stop and purgatory (laughs) um Um, I love it (laughs) uh I think that's really cute and fun I don't know if it has the same vibe as the chapter no but (laughs) I think Dumbledore would find it funny Oh, Dumbledore would 100% find it funny. What did you rename it? I renamed it A Phoenix Tale. Nice. Yeah. I think my things are also just like medium. Because <laughs> I also was like, I feel like it should be like emotional, like the chapter. But then I just couldn't think of anything. So. It didn't like flow out of me. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to stop forcing this. Um my hi- I'll, I'll do my haiku because it started out like kind of strong and then it just it leveled yeah. out I'll just say that yeah 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 um the boy lived again Ooh. teacher reflects on his sin all is forgiven <laughs> oh I like that that's good yeah it's like fine but like I was trying to do a thing and I just couldn't maintain the thing I like your first and second line better but I do think your last line's good fine. too oh good Excuse me. Oh my god, I had a little burpee. Accepting the end only to fight once again. Last words with a friend. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) It was nice. Um, I just think uh, you're gonna see. I go on a really weird journey with this chapter. I kind of spiral a little bit. like Like a weird journey on the Hogwarts Express? Choo. Yeah, exactly. Um, who, who, shoo, shoo. Um, 
And a lot of it revolves around, is this actually in Harry's head? Like this conversation. Mm -hmm. And it stressed me out a lot. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say is that I was like, because I think in the past reading it, I've just accepted that it's in this like middle ground where both are true. Yeah. And that, right. But this time I was like, I want a definitive answer. And so that's where my brain kind of short circuited because I do think it's written for both to be true, which means that I don't get a definitive answer. But I just kept looking for evidence one way or another. So you'll see that my notes somewhere yeah, I, in the. I, I have some notes to that too. So my notes get a little. Well, we can come up with an answer at the end. That's what I thought. That's why I think I wanted to do it this time, just because I thought it would be more interesting to talk about. Um, I also think I have a confession that this has never been one of my favorite chapters. And I know it's one of yours. Um, So I was really listening to it. And I think it does a really good job of like bringing a lot of things full circle and having a lot of closure with Dumbledore's character, which I'd already known that part. But I was definitely picking out things where I was like, oh, no, this is actually like a very good, very well written chapter that I've kind of been um, pun intended sleeping on. um, Just because I think when I first read it, I was like, what's going on this is a lot of information and then when I read it after that I kind of just saw it as an info dump and so I didn't um like information I already knew so I didn't give it the like the do it deserved you know I mean I think there's like definitely valid criticism that it's kind of like a fan servicey chapter it's like giving the reader exactly what they want which is kind of why I like it but yeah, I mean, that is kind of why I like it. Like, I wanted all of this information and I got it. And I also feel like us as the readers at this point kind of earned it, just like Harry earns it. So, like... 100%. I never thought saw it as, like, fan service, because I think it's 100% required. Like, I don't think that you can really call it a good book or a good series, because this is the last book in the series, without having this information. So... Yeah. I just mean like like even just how like Dumbledore like owns up to everything yeah like all of that is very like it's kind of tied up in a nice little bow right but then again style but that that's another part that's like is it in that's I honestly one of the main reasons why I ask is this in Harry's head like is it a fantasy Dumbledore yeah, I, I have a thought on that, too. Um, but... But this beginning part, it's, like, trippy. Yeah. Um, I did completely forget that he's naked. That's a weird detail that we didn't need. That. Like, is he naked for this whole conversation with Dumbledore? No, he says as soon as he realized he was naked, he was like, I want clothes. And before the thought entered his head... Okay, yeah, like, that was a little odd for me. I like know this chapter really well because I think after reading this chapter or reading this book I ha- I still had like a lot of questions like about the whole series and when yeah. I would re-listen to it I think I would sometimes re-listen to this chapter more than once to try and 
mm-hmm. figure it out. And, mm-hmm. and like, I still had questions. I probably still do have questions and I would forget things like the wand thing. Like we talked about that during that chapter. And I think we both kind of forgot like what the answer was. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like, I just, this chapter is like hard to wrap your head around. I think. Well, I think that's yeah, the reason why I like it. Well, right. I mean, and I think it's, it's done that way on purpose. It's just a little like, you got to really, I think, concentrate on it. Or you'll I think it is um, kind of a Ravenclaw chapter. <laughs> Certainly. Um, I think, honestly, you get a lot of examples of how Dumbledore is a part of all of the houses, except for maybe Hufflepuff in this chapter. Because there are definitely moments where I'm like, oh my god, that's so Slytherin Dumbledore. I had a and lot. There's certainly Dumbledore. like yeah. Gryffindor, but then just the way Dumbledore is, it's just like such a Ravenclaw vibe. So I just kept going back and forth about it all. I was feeling very Slytherin from. Dumbledore. Well, especially his whole Grindelwald situation is all very Slytherin. Yeah. Um, I mean, so like all this stuff is like kind of trippy where he's like realizing that he's like a being, like he's like coming into consciousness, but like it's weird, but it all kind of makes sense to me. Like I have no question about like what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like it just makes sense to me at least. <laughs> yes. I I think I still this is one of the chapters that I very vehemently remember um from the first time that I read it. Mm-hmm. And I was just so like confused. So yeah. I it didn't all fit. It didn't all fit into place for me at first. I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> because I think I was probably like crying because I thought Harry had just died, and so like it just like I think took a minute for me to like. I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't think I even believed that Harry was actually dead. I just think I was like wait, where are we? What is this yeah. place? I mean, yeah, I just see in real time. Yeah, I was just like very disoriented, I think. And I, I remember being really emotional at this point. And then you're reading so quickly because it's the seventh Harry Potter book. <laughs> yeah, and you're trying to find out if he actually did just die. Even though you know he didn't die, we have to make sure he didn't die. <laughs> right, exactly. So it was just like a lot. I don't know. I definitely don't think I was processing this chapter at all. I was just reading to get to the facts, like what is happening. So like, definitely not at the time was I like, oh yes, this all makes sense. But like reading it now and and even reading it on a reread in the past, like this, and I would obviously listen to it a lot more. So like listening to it was like very kind of therapeutic, like him being like, it is. I realized that I had eyes and so that I could open my eyes. Like it was very like, um, poetic that part was yes it reminds me of like those like meditation audios (laughs) that you listen to like while you're doing yoga or something or like actors do this like warm-up which I'm sure you've done before where it's like all right and there's like a ball of energy and it starts in your toes and then yeah you feel your toes and then you feel alive so you can walk (laughs) you know (laughs) um and I do think this part's like a good argument for like, this is kind of a dream thing. Cause like, this is kind of how you might feel in a dream. Like you're not aware that you're running until you're aware that you're running. Kind of yeah. Thing. But it's such a lucid, like dream yeah. that it's, 
what's well, not a dream kind of regardless of like the argument but like more on the it's in his head thing I guess yeah I I guess I don't know I I'm not in the camp of it's in his head fully I guess or like it's not I, I think it's real I want to think it's real but I just I have we'll just have to get into the meat yeah. and potatoes um how much did you freak out? Do you remember the first time when Dumbledore was like there? Well, I was really focused on that weird creature. Oh yeah, that is creepy. <laughs> I and I just want to clarify. This is one of the lingering questions. Oh no. Is this supposed to be the Horcrux or is this supposed to be Voldemort, like current like forest Voldemort? Oh, I assumed it's the Horcrux dying. Because Dumbledore says, no, the Horcrux is definitely gone. And then Harry looks at the creature and it's like, I took it this time reading that it like wasn't the Horcrux. But I, I, well, I, I guess I didn't think about that. I would have to like, I guess, reread it again because I've always assumed it's just that little Horcrux soul that is just like shriveling up and dying. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, I can read it out here. So, um, Harry says, has it gone in reference to the Horcrux? Dumbledore says, oh, yes, yes, he destroyed it. Your soul is whole and completely your own, Harry. But then Harry glanced over his shoulder to where the small maimed creature trembled under the chair. What is that, Professor? Something that is beyond either of our helps at Dumbledore. And then they talk about something else. So I, this time reading, I was like, maybe this is like our Voldemort, our Valdi, you know, <laughs> um, and, I don't claim him. <laughs> um, and like the part where like Harry wakes back up, Voldemort's also waking back up from like some sort of moment that he's having. Mm-hmm. So that's like why I was like, maybe that is like oh. left of Voldemort and Dumbledore is saying like, there's no hope for him because he about to die. <laughs> that is really smart and a good call mom. but I've always thought considered it the horcrux so I don't like know. same but I guess it's not you've 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 debunked us I mean I, that wasn't even me to say like this is definitive this is me still questioning it I, I gave it the golden seal of the potter wash approval all right I'll take it the quill's been checked the quill I had, <clears throat> speaking of dreams and this is a little tiny tangent <laughs> Um, but I had a dream about getting our Potter Watch tattoos, <laughs> but it was very weird. Like we were at like an outdoor fair and there was like oh a God. for tattoos and like no one was going to it. And I was like, well, I'll go like, we'll just go get this like Potter Watch tattoo. It's like really easy. So like anyone could do it. And like when we get there, it's like three people from Game of Thrones, like the actors, like, um, Peter Dinklage was one of them and like two other people that I don't really know who they were but I know that they were actors in Game of Thrones like I don't I don't like they were weren't they performing our tattoos they were like yeah we signed we were like here to do the tattoos it's like the draw like we're drawing people in to do it oh. but then like and I think you were with me but like I was like mostly talking to them so maybe you weren't but like I don't know it was you know it's like a dream yeah um, and then I'm like trying to pull up like what it looks like. And I was like, couldn't get a picture of it. And then like, 
they wanted to change it and they're like well what if we did like the scar as part of like the pee and I was like yeah but then it's not really like Potter watch like I don't know and then like it just like I was there for hours like eight hours and I still hadn't gotten the tattoo and they were getting annoyed at me because I was still couldn't pull up the picture of it and like they were like are we doing this or not (laughs) this is such dream logic (laughs) I was like panicking and then I think I ended up getting something else. Oh no. I don't know. I kept waking up too and then like kind of going back into the dream, but like repeating the dream. Oh boy. It's not good. Not good. So sorry, that was a short little tangent. No, it's okay. Guys, we're still looking for those 100 um, reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't left a review yet and you've listened for seven um, books, guys, Come on. That's just rude. Do us a fave. <laughs> I don't know where we were. The creature. Dumb- oh, you were asking if Dumbledore scared me. <laughs> like coming out. Oh. oh, I just meant like, did you freak out like yeah. excitement? Not but, like scary. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. yeah. Um, I'm sure I like panicked. Well, I, or thought like he was alive again. And then, but that's Harry's first question. Like, I think she knew that she was like, I gotta let these people know right away that Dumbledore's not coming back and that Harry's not really dead. Because those are the first two things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I love that Harry asks the like, am I dead? Like, I thought I was dead. I really prepared to die. Yeah, (laughs) Alex, you. But yeah, I, my next note just is more of the same. We've already talked about it, but I was like this, the whole tone of this chapter is so weird. It's like nothing we've experienced in Harry Potter before, which is why I think it was hard for me to like wrap my head around. But I think in a good way, I think it needs to be this different because it's so important. Yeah. I kind of feel this way about all of the Harry Dumbledore chats. Like I go back to this chapter and I go back to the fifth book conversation a lot. Um, and even honestly, in the first book, when Harry and Dumbledore have their first ever little chit chat, like there's just so many nuggets in there that like you keep like getting a new perspective on every time you read it, or at least I do. Or I, I honestly thought that I had that perspective and just had it again. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of Mirror of Erised chapter. Mm, yeah. Um, and especially since they bring a lot of stuff back from that chapter too which was nice. I know. We also get one of my favorite lines, which I don't know why it's a favorite, but it goes through my head a lot. And I think I say it out loud a lot, but it's, um, and when Dumbledore says, and that will, I think have made all of the difference, like, or all the difference, which I don't know if he says that in a different part too, but like that line is like constantly in my head. Like that makes all the difference. Um, I love that section too. And I, and this is my first, um, is this in Harry's head moment? Because I love Dumbledore in this part because Harry figures it out so quickly and Dumbledore is just like booming with glee. Like he's so proud of Harry and you can like, maybe it's like Jim Dale's reading of it too. No, I think it's in the text. Yeah. Like he's just so proud of Harry. He's so, so proud of him. And we've honestly, like, Dumbledore's been proud of Harry before, but we've never seen him this, like, animated. We've never seen him, I guess, I, what did I write in my notes? 
um, that he held back so much with Harry when he was alive that we never saw him like this in real life. Right. But um, I think it kind of checks out that he would be like this. Right. I just was like thinking about that too. And I was like, and it made me want this to be real so bad because I want Harry and Dumbledore to have that closure of Dumbledore finally getting to love Harry in the way that he didn't allow himself to the whole time he was alive and I think he's just there's just there was just so much pride there that I think that's the part that almost like choked me up the most was just him being like Harry you did it you done did it boy Uh, See, I think the Dumbledore side of it makes me put it in the real category. This first part of the conversation, I argue for Harry in his head because Dumbledore's not answering. It's still Mm -hmm. Harry answering. But then later we get Dumbledore explaining things, which feels very real and like very Dumbledore. Like those are things that Harry wouldn't say or, or even think of. I That's kind of my overall argument. Yes, I yeah. I usually think that too, but every time Dumbledore has that little like thing where he's talking about things that either Harry like wouldn't know or wouldn't be thinking about, he says, I'm sure you will have guessed. I'm sure you will have guessed. Sure, but some of it Harry has not guessed. <laughs> I know, but it's like, why does he keep saying that? Is it like to say that this is all Harry's like subconscious, like really working itself out in this moment that I'm sure you would have guessed thing. I think it's like, I've taught you well and that you did this, you went on your journey thing. Like you learned things along the way already. But they're about Dumbledore. He's like, I'm sure you will have guessed that um, Grindelwald and I were boyfriends and- And Harry's like, oh, I ship it. I think that he um, tried to protect you at the end of his of his life when Voldemort was torturing him. Yeah, that's <laughs> you who must not be named. Being like, I'm sure you guessed by now that Dumbledore's gay, right? You guys are <laughs> you didn't catch that. <laughs> Dummy. I don't have to spell it out, right? <laughs> that would just be ludicrous to say a character's gay. I'm being sarcastic, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) He's just um, not clear. (laughs) Let's chat about this whole double bond thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have more cues. I have more questions about this. She who must not be named. What do you want to... What do you want to say? I really don't have things to say. I was hoping you would provide me with some answers. Well, I I can get the conversation going. (laughs) Because this is what I have to say. I think she overcomplicated this. Correct. Can't you just say that you killed the Horcrux and not Harry? Like, can't you just say, well, when he did the killing spell, it killed the Horcrux, but not you because it killed the Horcrux. Which is how I always explain it in my head. (laughs) Correct. But this whole, and when he took your blood, 
he did a double bond and it and it relayed from the curse that your mother put on you. So it canceled out that curse, but it also double cursed Voldemort unbeknownst to him. And I was like, what? Like, this is her being like, I dropped this nugget in the fourth book and I got to bring it back because I meant to use this. <laughs> but it already is being used. Like, it already cancels out the... <laughs> the love spell thing I don't know no but she wanted it to be karma for Voldemort Voldemort yeah um like the Peter thing like I don't know sometimes you just you're tooting your own horn too much and you need to lay off the beans um I I I do think like whatever this explanation is does explain what people have brought up about the second book where the whole basilisk horcrux death scene or almost scene. What about it? Like we were talking about, well, the basilisk got to Harry. So like, wouldn't that have just killed the horcrux? But like, this is kind of saying that like, they're a package deal. Like if one dies, they both die. But the reason Harry didn't die this time was because of this blood thing which happens in the fourth one right am I right or like I don't know that was my thought process is like that's why he he would have just died in the second one with the horcrux like the basilisk wouldn't have just killed the horcrux it would have killed Harry with oh yeah I think that too but I thought that was because it had to be Voldemort himself killing him like I think Voldemort had to do the spell to kill that's how I've always reasoned it in my head so the basilisk is not Voldemort no I know but we were talking about this like a little bit with Esther and then after that a little bit maybe with Joey Dr. Posner just you know I've forgotten as these all of these conversations well like I think Esther brought up that if the horcrux if this whole thing, like, if you just kill the Horcrux, then, like, Harry doesn't die, just kills the Horcrux, then the Basilisk would have just killed the Horcrux in the second book. And yes, I'm, and I'm saying that doesn't, I've never read it like that. Like, I've always read it as the package deal thing, so I, I didn't need this part yeah, of the conversation. We had a long conversation debate, like, I, I can't I can't speak for past Alex about what she believes I'm not or doesn't believe do. but you don't have to defend her currently <laughs> Alex right now and Alex of certain pasts has definitely believed that um that he has to be the one that Voldemort has to actively be the one to like do the spell to kill him like it like he I, I it I do think you brought that up in our discussion. I feel, I like, because I always believe that. So I have to believe that I brought that up at some point because that's just always how I've interpreted it. The way I think I interpreted when we were having that conversation, which I know for you right now, you're like, why are we even talking about this? This is not right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think it is relevant. I think if I were listening to a podcast and they had like a really long conversation about something and then they got to the chapter that I would want them to to bring back up the thing that they had questions about. So I think you're doing the right thing. I just unfortunately do not remember this conversation at all. I just feel like I'm harping on something that's like kind of moot at this point because we had already like settled it and like we weren't even arguing about it. We were just trying to like figure it out. Yeah. the other thing I, I I think I was saying this is like, he wasn't going to die no matter what, because it's like a fate-based world. Like that's kind of what I went back to. And I think that's essentially what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I agree with that too. Yeah. I think that's how we settled that, but we did start to get into this whole Horcrux business because I think I was under the impression that you could kill the Horcrux without killing Harry, which is how I thought this went down until yeah you can still kill the horcrux that's what's happening here now only because of the blood thing that happened in the fourth one which is after the second book you feel i don't know if i believe that but that's what we're being told right now yes i guess that's true yes uh, sure i'll i'll buy it that that's the case however i'm just gonna say out loud vampire that I don't think this was necessary because I already believed that Voldemort had to be the one to kill him. Now, in this vein, and I've always thought that in the fourth one, if Harry and him hadn't done the little connection-y poo thing that where their wands connected and then his the dead came back. Mm-hmm. Priory and uh, Cantatum. Priory and um that um that then the horcrux would have died and this and it would have because Voldemort is doing disagree on that that's exactly what happened here no but like that was the wands that had nothing to do with no I'm not saying it has anything to do with purying contardum I'm saying if Harry, if like Harry's spell wasn't strong enough, and Voldemort well, he was like had succeeded a different wand, yes, yes, and so Voldemort had succeeded in saying Avada Kedavra to Harry at that time, and the spell connected. I think it would have killed the Horcrux, not Harry, in the same way as it does right here. Yeah, I mean, I think it would, but like that would still be post blood transfusion. <laughs> yes, I, but I'm. I guess I'm just saying. That before I got that info info about this whole blood situation, look, I stand by what I said two minutes ago. Look, I don't I think, think it's necessary. It. Yeah, it's just, just too much. It it's too much. I just already believed it. And that's how I've continued to believe it because my brain forgets this whole blood thing immediately because I think it's dumb. <laughs> like, I just, I don't understand <laughs> what it means when he I- says... <laughs> His body keeps her sacrifice alive. Yeah, what? Like. How is his body keeping the sacrifice alive? Oh, because he has Harry's blood in him? Yes. I mean, I understand that, like, that, that alone. But I don't understand how it then, like, bounces back to Harry because he can, like, touch him. That's what the blood thing did was yeah. like, now I can, you know, we know. This I can like, touch you <laughs> now. <laughs> Obviously great. Both of us. Great, great Ralph. <laughs> 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 I 
Um, but then like, uh, it doesn't make sense because then I feel like Harry can't then kill Voldemort because Voldemort's protected by his own mom's thing. Like they're both sharing that like protection, <laughs> which would be real ducked up. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Because she didn't sacrifice, sacrifice. She didn't it's only for Harry. Harry, right yeah. So the magic is only working for Harry. That makes sense to me. I just don't, one, I don't think it's necessary. Two, I don't really think it makes sense. I like, don't it think makes, it works out. It makes it all contrived to me, you know? I think what, um, if I remember to do this later, I'm going to text Dr. Posner, the smartest person I know. <laughs> oh yeah. We should definitely call in Dr. Paz, call in tabs. And even we if need some scientists. Do an episode, maybe you can record like a voice memo explaining this to us. Yes. And that goes for you guys too. Yeah. Anyone. Um, that's an open Anyone. Call. If you guys have specific, like, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I have the answer and I need to explain it to them, please explain it to us. We will listen to those voice memos. We will read them out. Please, you can message us on Instagram. You can message us on Facebook. You can uh, leave a five-star review yeah. on Apple. You can email us or you can, yeah, email us a voice memo and we'll play it on the podcast because I have so many cues. Yeah, and like be really detailed about all of this business. We want Please. second book data. We want fourth book data. <laughs> um, I would like uh, details um, and please ch- cite your sources. In, um, Honestly, with a bi- yes. With a bibliography. Please cite your sources. Um, um, okay, so we can probably move on. Yeah. Well, my last thought on that, the whole like, it's now in his body. I'm like, well, then doesn't Harry still have her sacrifice or it's like being taken from Harry and put in Voldemort now? I think the sacrifice is just operating in a different way now. Like Voldemort thought that he like outsmarted it, but he like doesn't understand fundamentally what like the connection between like magic and love and that purity And so now that's part that I've always loved about the series is that I think it could be so easily cornball for it to be like, and above all to live without love, but it like all along, it's so based in logic. Like, and I think it really helps that Dumbledore is always the person really explaining it to us because he's such a like grounded person that that for me I just think it's such a like fuck you to Voldemort that it's just he's this brilliant wizard that his honestly like psychopathy is like the reason that he is his his ultimate downfall is that he can't like understand the emotional component to magic um and and it seems based on the text that that's a lot of where magic comes from right like the darkest spells you really need to believe them it comes from like anger or hatred or bloodlust and then on the opposite side you have like even unspoken magic working that's all based in like heart and stuff like that so I don't know I just always have really loved that about the series and that really holds true um the the only thing about the blood 
I'm gonna call it the blood transfusion <laughs> um, that I like is how it it like provides this insight on the actually on the wand stuff where it's like the wands are an extension of the user and like the wands have a shared core but now the wand users also have a shared core in this other way and so like the wands acting of their own accord is like just an extension of them like I actually thought that made sense and I liked that explanation yeah and it it goes with what we're told about like wands and the wizard like having this connection Mm -hmm. and just them doubling down like they're stronger now more than ever with like literally shared blood and shared cores like yeah yeah no that makes total sense I know I just felt like I landed that like on a (laughs) dud (laughs) like I don't know I was like (laughs) yeah I needed more oomph behind it. I all need a little bit of oomph behind something. I don't know why I did that. I do think this is a fun way to get all of this final information that we need. Yeah. Because it's like, what do you need for an info dump? You bring in Big Daddy D. I think at King's Cross, like truly, it's just it, the whole shock and excitement value of that and getting all this information that like questions you've had about Dumbledore. Now that I guess is kind of where I see now what you're saying about fan service, but I think it uses it to aid like it. She also like sneaks in broccoli into the mac and cheese, you know, like it's the stuff that we need to know to understand the end of the book but it's so surrounded by all of this stuff that we've been questioning since literally Mirror of Air said. Right. And yeah, that, that you're like, oh my God, I'm learning so much. This is such an exciting chapter. Also, like, I'll just repeat what I said earlier about like us feeling like we earned this along with Harry because like we got kind of a sudden death from Dumbledore and then we got another book telling us a different narrative of Dumbledore and like Mm -hmm. that wasn't really fair to us um (laughs) which is now happening IRL we're getting a different narrative (laughs) Um, fake news uh not fake unfortunately but uh a different narrative than that we were originally given (laughs) yeah and um at least we got this um forgiveness with Dumbledore forgiveness yeah I I need it like because I you know you out over this podcast my feelings on Dumbledore have gone back and forth but at the end of the day I love that man I'm a big like, I was, sympathizer I know? was so <laughs> excited to get him back at this chapter like I don't know something about it like I just needed a hug for big daddy D. <laughs> Top and, dog, you know, he's my top D, my big D. He's <laughs> your top D. It's my number one D, you know. <laughs> oh, poor Siri Griff. It's okay. He's my number one G, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, This, like, purgatory or whatever we want to call it, like, does kind of remind me in a weird way of how Harry describes like that imperio state like mm-hmm. in the fourth one when he's like learning to throw it off like 
it's like this like weird bliss where it's like everything's numb, but like, I do know what's going on. Like, Mm -hmm. especially at the end where he's like, everything's so nice here and I don't want to go back and face like the world. And like, he has that thought when he's under the imperious, like, oh, this is nice. Like, this is nice. But like, wait, I don't want to jump onto the desk. Like, I don't know. Um, I I just, in my head, it was like kind of paralleled. I think the dreaminess of it is certainly true. Like I picture I, fog in both in my head on both scenes, mm-hmm. both accounts. Um, this is another one time where I was like, "Is this in Harry's head?" Which part? <laughs> just it just stressed me out this whole time. It, it's just this thing where he's talking about Grindelwald. It's the same thing I've already said, but he just like I'm sure you already guessed, and then it is some of it. Like in this early part, not so much later, but this early part, it is all stuff we've seen like Harry like think about a little bit already. So I was like, mm, maybe. Um, the only part that I was like, LOL, Harry did not guess that was the fact that Grindelwald went to Godric's Hollow specifically to research. Yeah. I was like I guess maybe I can give Harry the benefit of the doubt and maybe he he figured that out because he's been so obsessed with um the hollows but Hermione could have figured that out but she didn't want anything to do with the hollows okay but and this could be crazy but sometimes I feel like our subconscious is smarter than us because it's like accessing things like Harry's got a lot going on so I was like maybe he has like in the back of his mind figured this out but he hasn't like it hasn't penetrated to like the forefront of his brain for him to actively like think about it while he's awake because sometimes I dream in Spanish and like good lord knows that I cannot speak it like in real life that's Who'd, wild I don't know if it's like you know real actually Spanish, yeah. real Spanish but I'm just I'm just saying like or like sometimes I am in a show in my head and it's a show that I haven't done in years but I'm like performing the part I don't think Harry puts it together because he only well I guess he does know that Geller is looking for the hallows but like yeah. loosely like he knows that's his symbol but I don't think Harry is thinking like he went to Godric's hollow other than the fact that his aunt lived there yeah because he has an explanation for why Gellert's there. Like, if he was just like, why is he there, period? Like, if he didn't know he was living with the Tilda, I think mm-hmm. he'd be like, oh, maybe he's there because of this. Like, I think he could have thought it, but I don't think he was thinking it. <laughs> That's fair. Like, I think he's capable of thinking about it like that, but I just don't think he did. <laughs> yeah. But I do agree that he had put together the fact that Dumbledore had the cloak because he thought it was a hallow. Mm-hmm. I think for sure he even says that out loud. He says it to Hermione. Like, Dumbledore, he had my dad's cloak. I also love that Dumbledore was like, yeah, we low-key like, weren't that interested in the cloak because we were both so powerful that we didn't really need it. But like, we kind of wanted the whole collection, so we got it. Harry's like, same, same, same. I didn't like need it. I didn't need it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I also just it made me it's like me and Draco's wand like I really want to have Draco's wand because Draco's one of my favorite characters but it's so boring that like I don't want it but I know I'm gonna end up getting it eventually because I have so much of his family's wands it's like symbolic <laughs> you know I have a Narcissa I have a um Sirius and I have a Scorpius so if I got Draco's wand I would have all my favorite um Black Sap slash Malfoy people but we get it it's the same thing it's the exact same thing (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I felt the need to share that but I think it's have already shared it it's not new information I know I'm constantly bitter about it it's like I imagine that one day they're gonna wake up and make Drago's wand more interesting which makes no sense because it's all about it being the same one he uses in the movie but it just annoys me so much I think that would make it worse like if they changed it yeah I wouldn't want the changed one because it wouldn't feel right I'm just saying I wish I could go back in time and flick their little head and be like what yeah but he a basic bitch so you're gonna have a basic wand (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to say that sentence um yeah um I think Dumbledore does talk about Grindelwald romantically like I hate to give she who must not be like credit but I do think it's really obvious that they are that Dumbledore had feelings for him so I think (sighs) but I don't know if it's just because like we know what we know I I'm gonna do I just feel like I need to be fair because in queer baiting I really hate it like my rule for queer baiting is always like if this were a heterosexual couple, like if these were two heterosexual characters, would it be read as romantic? Right. And I think that this was going to be read as romantic, no matter who Dumbledore is talking about, because of the way that he's talking about him. And then he's like reduced to tears. And yeah, then like, especially like, it always reminds me of um, Dr. X, and Professor X, <laughs> Dr. X. Professor X and uh, what's his name? In no, huh? Yeah, Magneto. Like they, it it gives me very like Dumbledore Grindelwald vibes. Like he like visits him and yeah. and I feel like that would be like the queer baited version because we don't have confirmation. Now, do I wish she who must not be named just was like we were lovers or something yeah. like that or like well, that's what I was saying earlier right like just like if you're gonna do something do it you know like Harry's a big boy he can know that you know like you're gay not, people you exist. Don't be like this subtle about it yeah like if we're laying it out on the table in this chapter you know well, uh, or just like Honestly, I think it could have been a lot for him to be like, and we were gay and we were in love, you know, but I wish that in the, in the like tell all chapter that she, that Rita Skeeter could have just like outed Dumbledore, which I think would have made like a lot of sense for who Rita Skeeter is. And then we also just get like physical confirmation 
And then when we get this conversation, we could put two and two together because we're smart individuals that this is fact. Like Dumbledore is confirming that to be fact that he loved him. Right. Um, which I may or may not have said when we were reading the Rita Skeeter chapter. But um, but yeah, I do. I just wanted to put that out there that I do think that it feels like knowingly writing this character to talk about another character romantically. Yeah, I think you you hit it on the nail there. Um, what do you think about how like earnest I get? I don't know if that's the right word, but like Dumbledore is like so guilty and sad when Harry asks him about the Deathly Hallows. And this is like where Dumbledore's being apologetic to Harry. And I feel like that's misplaced. I'm like, I don't think we need an apology about you being into the Deathly Hallows. I think we need an apology about some other stuff, personally. (laughs) But I, well, that's another thing where I was like, is this in Harry's head? But like, is that what Harry's looking for? Is for him to be like, I'm sorry that I was into the Deathly Hallows. I don't think Harry needs him to be sorry for anything. I think Harry is just imagining, like, with his sister and his regret of the past. Well, that might be something. But, like, here he's like, can you forgive me for, well, he does say, can you forgive me for not trusting you, for not telling you? But, like, he says, I only feared that you would fail as I failed like he's specifically talking about the hallows here and I'm like I get it but he's like this is like where Dumbledore's most upset is about like this whole hallows business and I don't think he should have told Harry about the hallows like I think that would have set him down a wrong path like yeah I don't I think well I think it's because he's being devious right like that would annoy me like yeah for and sure if, and if we are in like this is real Dumbledore then Dumbledore probably saw Harry and Hermione like fighting all the time about this and truthfully if somebody had been like yeah I did this purposefully to throw you off I'd be like well that was kind of a dick move when I knew I was right because I like being right but um <laughs> uh, but I don't know I think I think maybe also I can understand this being a source of a lot of pain for Dumbledore just like yeah. because he only seeks it for the power yeah I think it's like him feeling like shameful for like who he is like, yeah like at, at his core like I think he, he feels was, like he still is yeah right like he feels like he and I think honestly, it makes total sense to me because I feel like Dumbledore is so good at so many things. Like he's brilliant. He's great at magic. He like, you know, like he's a good communicator. He can really compartmentalize things. And I think it destroys him that at his core, he feels like he's not a very good person. And I think this is a prime example of him not being a very good person because he just wanted these objects for like the glory and the power of it. And especially, I think that's the most Gryffindor thing. Like if we needed any um, 
proof that Dumbledore was a Gryffindor. I think this, like him being so like disgusted with himself for wanting the power is I think like the difference between the way Hermione is a Gryffindor and a Ravenclaw, right? Like at the end of the day, she's choosing to do what she believes is the right thing over logic. And at the end of the day, Dumbledore wants nothing to do with power. He hates that he wants it, you know? Yeah. Um, but the the part of him seeking it in the beginning, I feel like is more like the Slytherin side. Right. I just think it's the about the choices, you know, like he chooses to to not connect with that part of himself. He actively hates that part of himself. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess he's like apologizing really for not being the person that Harry thinks he is. Thought he is. Thought yeah. he was, you know. Which feels like I would put that in the real camp because I don't think that's something Harry would come up with. Yeah. Yes. That wouldn't be in Harry's version of events. Yeah. But um I think it's just like also wild. And this is part of me that truly like one slash needs this to be real is like this is dumb this is the only time Dumbledore has ever shared this story he's never to our yeah. knowledge spoken about Grindelwald or his sister to anybody like yeah. he's carried this with him for like a hundred years <laughs> like it's just like incredible and like he needs this moment <laughs> 100 percent to have like he needs to get this off of his chest whether he's dead already or not (laughs) yeah I mean I yeah I think we've come to the conclusion that it is real um I mean I know I have and I'm just forcing you to come with me (laughs) well I wanted you know it's it wasn't hard to convince me because I wanted that to be the case I just I started freaking out that it wasn't while I was listening and then I spiraled so yeah I I was like you started like getting confirmation bias that and I'm getting confirmation bias that it is (laughs) um but it just yeah I I think it does It, it brings me a lot of closure with Dumbledore I think it brings Harry a lot of closure with Dumbledore and I think it brings Dumbledore with a lot of closure to Dumbledore yeah, maybe you should have mentioned some of this earlier in your life, Big D. Yeah, I mean, I like to, oh my God, I just had a thought. I like to believe that the reason he can talk about it all now, and maybe the reason he's not apologizing as much for like the Ariana stuff is because like he's like with, like he can be with her now. Like yeah. she, like in the afterlife, Ariana has been like, you have to stop carrying this with you like I forgive you and so now he like has that burden off of him and he can like talk about it that's really nice it's Um, canon canon. canon. the other thing I think um about like this apology about the hallows is that I think Dumbledore is like not so subtly saying that like the hallows are just as bad as horcruxes and harry's like well they're not <laughs> um and like they aren't but like the way dumbledore and grindelwald were gonna use them would have been in the realm of- well yeah they wanted it to be like a big freaking weapon that they could use yeah. to take over the world so yeah 
<laughs> um, which is why they were never going to get it because it had to be someone like sweet little Harry. A sweet boy like Harry. Sweet Harry. I love that that comes back too, that it's exactly like the, the stone, you know, that he has to, only somebody who wanted to find the hallows but not use them could. Yeah. Um, Damn, Alex, exactly. Well, that I, I had that in my notes. I know, but, but you really brought it home there. I just, I think she who must not be named really brought it home. Like I was really focusing on this chapter because there were just so many things that I noticed that I hadn't noticed before. And I think it's because I'm reading it with the knowledge of our, like with our deep dive in yeah. my, in my head. Okay, here, here comes my little shipper moment. Like when Dumbledore is crying about everything with Grindelwald and Harry is explaining like that Grindelwald didn't give up the whole Elder Wand thing. Yeah. And that I just, I feel like I was Harry and we were both like shipping it. <laughs> like we were both like, I don't know, maybe in the afterlife you could give him a little call. <laughs> yeah, like, but I just, I think that's, I like to think that Grindelwald in his final moments did have this switcheroo change, you know, like, and he did think about his time with Dumbledore. And I hate looking at that relationship as all manipulation because it's the literally only canon gay relationship we get in Harry Potter. So I refuse to believe that Grindelwald didn't like have at least a little bit of feelings for Dumbledore back, even if it was like manipulation for part of it but anyway I mean I've been on record saying that I don't think it was manipulation I know (laughs) I'm I'm the optimist here (laughs) I just I'm I just loved it and Harry was like I just love that Harry doubles down like Dumbledore's like I don't know about that and Harry's like I don't know it seemed pretty cute to me (laughs) he's like let me take a brief moment to say I believe in gay rights and the actor that portrays me wrote this whole series so um I also really like this really short line about Aberforth like Dumbledore describes him as um my infinitely more admirable brother like and I just think that was like really nice of him to like affirm that like he knew that Aberforth was right, but he just like couldn't deal with it, kind of. I also think he, I don't know, like he saw how Aberforth like helped them and like came back for the battle. And I think he's like so proud of Aberforth too, you know? Like I'm proud of Abby. Big Daddy's just proud of all of his. He's just so happy. And then just to bring things full circle one more time, um, I'm so glad that it's a choice whether or not he can stay dead or go back. I think it's depressing, (laughs) but I, Harry finally gets to make a choice about his life. Like literally he gets to make a choice. And I love that Dumbledore is the one being like, you get to make the choice now, Harry, because Harry has 
everything's been fate-based it's a yeah. prophecy you fulfilled your prophecy. destiny like he fulfilled his prophecy it's literally over now all he has to do is choose to live and I just think that is like a very beautiful sentiment that we get that Harry is his own person now <laughs> yeah that's a really good way of looking at it I hadn't opened my mind to that I was like well it, it has always been really depressing for me before. yeah and but the fact that he considers it is really what bothers me it's dark but I think I, I like no I think you the way you just said it was like really good um I did have some more thoughts on big d yeah um this whole part I guess like where he's talking about why he wanted the stone and um like rejecting the power and all that stuff like I mean I think it's a really good illustration of him like being a selfish person and like even the way that he can't face Harry in the earlier books is like him continuing to be selfish like yeah even though he's like ultimately doing this like selfless like for the greater good thing against Voldemort Mm -hmm. like he can't like he's still protecting himself he's like I can't be the one to tell Harry this at this moment like in the fifth one for instance like yeah there's still a core of Dumbledore who's like a very selfish person person yeah. It does selfless acts, but right. Um, I mean, I just think that's interesting. It is interesting. It, it makes me sad, but yeah. it's interesting. Um, I also don't think Geller told him if he killed Ariana or not in their battle. What do you mean? He says one of the reasons why he put off fighting Geller was because he didn't want to know who actually landed the final mm-hmm. curse that killed Ariana. And then Harry says, like, in his head, Harry did not ask whether Dumbledore had ever found out who struck Ariana dead. He did not want to know. And even less did he want Dumbledore to have to tell him. Um, and I think that regardless of who did it I don't think Gellert told him if it was him I think Gellert would have Gellert would I like just this is me being a shipper again (laughs) I think Gellert would have told him if it was him like it was Gellert yeah yeah maybe that but like I personally think it might have been Dumbledore well that's what I'm saying I'm I'm saying the same thing I think it is Dumbledore and that Gellert doesn't tell him like on purpose yeah same which is sad but also sweet of Gellert Gelly Gelly boy oh Gelly our favorite mass murderer of the series (laughs) our preferred one I do prefer him to Voldemort. I, like, do I don't know. I've also been on record saying that. Voldemort's a whiny baby and Gellert, I don't know, at least he has like dreams or so, whatever. The reason we do is though because we don't get very much info on him. We get good stuff about him. But honestly, like even watching Fantastic Beasts, which are like two movies that have been dedicated to Gellert being the main villain, I still prefer him as a villain, even if it's betrayed by fucking Johnny Depp, who I don't think is good casting for that part. 
but that's beside the point. I still think like the bones of the character of Grindelwald is very interesting to me. And I have always have a lot of questions about him. And unfortunately yeah. it makes me like want to finish out the series, even though it's that series is like wrought with so much drama. Right. Um, um, also just like love this like direct mention of the mirror of Erised being like Harry finally knew what Dumbledore saw in the mirror. Yeah. Now he's living out his mirror of Erised. Yeah. Um, I, I really like all of the old magic talk like we talked about earlier. Um, just him like again talking about like uniting the hallows like I had proved it time and time again. Here is like the final proof that like I was never going to do it. Like I was never going to be the one to unite them. It was always going to be you, like Harry. Yeah. Um, he was like, I was fit to only possess the meanest of them, at least extraordinary, um, and not to use it, but to tame it. Like, I don't know. I just loved all of that chat. And no, that was really good. I also forgot that I skipped one of my notes that I just need Tumbledore to know that I understand depression and self-hate and putting yourself down. But I need you to know that you would have been a much better um minister of magic than fudge oh i need i need you to admit that to me dumbledore i need you even if you were power hungry it would have like it would have been better like i need you to know that you would have been better than fudge um and then like part of this like whole like old magic thing and like this idea of like what you can possess and not possess in terms of magic like I think that this is like a cool comparison that at least I'm making between Big D and Voldemort being similar like they're both trying to like force magic to happen the way that they want it to and Harry has never tried to make magic do anything he has always accepted magic like yes he's let it come to him almost something to a fault (laughs) well right I was about to say I also think it's just that Harry is just so like indifferent to power like he doesn't want it like he has no interest in it and because he grew up I think with so little power like for the first 10 years of his life like any like him having three square meals a day is more power than he had growing up so him having magic is like, like, that's, that's all that he needs. Like, he doesn't need any more than Expelliarmus. He's like, right. it works. Like, I don't yeah. need any more. But like, he has like all of this innate magic in him with like the <laughs> connection and like mm-hmm. all that stuff. And he's never once been like, how do I use this mm-hmm. to my advantage? Like, he's never trying to use magic. No. I think the only thing he tries like uses like the mental connection with Voldemort, but I think yeah, that's, that's a little different. Yeah. But I, I like what you're saying. Yeah, he just like he he accepts magic yeah. as opposed to like wanting to manipulate it and use it. It's part of him being a sweet boy and why magic always works so well for him. <laughs> yeah. Um I did have a quick question about the wands so Mm -hmm. obviously like we know the outcome 
with like the whole switcheroo with the elder wand but so I'm thinking that Harry like knows what's going on because he's about to tell Voldemort what's going on but like here he says if you planned your death with Snape you meant him to end up with the elder wand didn't you and Dumbledore mm-hmm. says I admit that was my intention but it did not work as I intended did it and Harry says no that bit didn't work out but that wasn't Later, he says Dumbledore didn't intend anyone to have the wand, that it was going to die with him. Yeah, that must be like a she who must not be named mistake. Because that conversation made sense to me because it made sense because I was like, okay, Harry understands that Draco is the owner of the Elder Wand in this moment. Like it didn't work out for you. But then his next question is like, or like later, he's like, Voldemort's got the Elder Wand. And Dumbledore's like, yes, Voldemort has the elder one. <laughs> right. Winky. Well, I think that I think they're still double talking there. I I gave Harry the benefit of the doubt there that Harry's like, oh, Voldemort's got the elder one. Yeah. And I'm the master of the elder one because I beat Draco. Like I think he like knows it all, but That's he's like think, but yeah. <laughs> I think they're all like they're just like double talking and they don't want to give it away to us here because then his final conversation with Voldemort won't be as like telling and exciting you know Mm -hmm. like when he's like but it's mine (laughs) you know uh that part won't be as much of a reveal so I get that why they're double talking here but I did read it like that so I think Harry is aware of what's going on I think so too yeah um and then my last thought before I like lay out my final argument for the whole real thing is um you had already convinced me <laughs> I know but I had like a four prong thing in my notes. oh I love it um but before that I just had this like thought that I love the metaphor of King's Cross being this like connection and like this is how he gets from home to like the the rest of the world is Mm -hmm. like this is his entry to and from like his home and like he's about to go home again yeah via king's cross Cross. again so that is nice um but yeah i i also just love this last line of course it's happening inside your head harry but why on earth that mean it's not real like the line that spawned a million theories huh (laughs) a line that spawned a million theories yeah but like it's just like a nice thought to like carry through life like if you think it like you can dream it is like a yeah I think a Walt Disney line or something like that but it's like kind of the same thing like something in your head can be real like yeah or it's real to you so it doesn't matter right um but so did you want to say like a final thesis on it? No, you like, already convinced me. I want to hear your points. Well, so my first one, which I think I already said was like, I just don't think Harry's capable of making up this conversation because I think there's so much, there is enough new information that's like mm-hmm. new to Harry. Like yeah. all of the insight on like Grindelwald and Ariana like we've heard different perspectives but this is the first time we're hearing Dumbledore's version of events I guess yes okay I guess 
I don't know how Dumbledore gets here. <laughs> okay, well, that's my next thought. Is oh, wow, perfect. If we're getting really into a place that I don't feel super comfortable, an idea of heaven or purgatory mm. or hell or any kind of afterlife doesn't exist. It's not real. Like our bodies stay on this earth. Like mm. whatever being of us goes somewhere, if we go somewhere, it's like happening on a different plane of existence. Ah, mm, so like mm-hmm. to me, this is happening in like some sort of- Harry's story. soul goes up. I feel like we can say soul in the Harry Potter context yeah. because- we're, it's a very soul-based world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like their souls are talking. And that's why going back to very early, that's Voldemort's soul. Whatever's left of it is also mm, there. Ah, uh, okay. I love this. You're, you really, you already had me sold, but that really, that's a good point. It kind of sewed up that last thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like on a writing thought, I guess, if she wanted to say like it wasn't real, she could have done this in a lot of different ways. Like we just had this whole pensive business in Dumbledore's office. Like mm-hmm. we could have had a a flashback to like a chapter ago where we didn't get all of the information. Like Harry, well, I guess he couldn't do that because he didn't he couldn't have all of the information ahead of time. But like yeah, they could have. She could have done it differently. I mean, Harry could like simply go back to Dumbledore's office at right. the end of the book and have a conversation with the portrait. No, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah. So that was my like <clears throat> more practical reason. Is that like there were a lot more ways to explain it, or like Harry just thinking of all these things. Um, like we could have even just jumped to him explaining it all to Voldemort, being like, "This is what I figured out," and like not even have Dumbledore. Yeah, was a part of it, but yeah, that's my thoughts. I love your thoughts because the worst fan theory in the world is that the whole book is happening inside Harry's head. I'm making the worst face right now. I hate that fan theory. It's stupido. So stupido. Sorry, I know I just like talked a lot. <clears throat> oh no, it's okay. It's just you had more detail-oriented notes about. Dumbledore and I also think I skipped a lot of my Dumbledore notes because I jumped to notes that like were later and then so do you have any that we didn't cover I think I've talked about them through like responding to your notes yeah Yeah. I actually really glad that you like got into this chapter because as I was reading I was like oh no I feel like I kind of went hard on like how much I like this chapter I'm like I don't know if it holds up (laughs) Oh no, I think it, I think it does hold up. I, I mean, like in terms of like, I, I, I have a new appreciation for the chapter that I didn't have. It's before. not as like literary as some of the other chapters that we really enjoy where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is just like so beautiful. Like how it's all kind of, it's like, mm-hmm. it's not as, it, I mean, it is. Cause like, there's obviously like symbolism and stuff like that, but it's like yeah. very heady. <laughs> mm-hmm. It made my head hurt. That's why I couldn't do my haiku or rename. I was like, my head hurts from thinking about it. My brain is like broken. (laughs) Well, speaking of you loving it, how many points did you give this chapter? I did 175. Whoa, wowza. (laughs) That's a lot of points for you. But it's your, it's your, one of your fave chapters. I gotcha. I gave it 130. 
for sure yeah anything over a hundred for me is like is a good a good chappy tail 250 huh I gave Prince's Tail 250. Oh, did you? Yeah. I think I you gave Prince's Tail more than I gave Prince's Tail. I thought you went like 300. I think you must have gave Prince's Tail 150. Maybe. I wrote 250. Because my points don't make sense. <laughs> I mean, yes. I think you're a bit more consistent. I... Didn't do a rat, but I did give my champ to Big D. I gave my champ to Big D too. And I made my rat the little scrap of soul. Um, the little my rat is to JK. And why did you have to make this so difficult? As Harry says to Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. Why you got to go and make things so complicated? For real. In our lives. <laughs> Ooh um yeah so next chapter the flaw in the plan the penultimate for the series should we (laughs) oh no we'll do two separate episodes that's i was gonna say should we combine them but no we should we should dedicate a whole chapter to the epilogue yeah because we'll also do like our wrap-up probably for the yeah I mean, yeah, I know there's not, like, that much to talk about, but, like, plot-wise. Yeah. Without getting too much, like, cur- or, uh, Cursed Child. <laughs> oh, my God, we're going to start reading Cursed Child soon. Yay. <laughs> I'm actually excited because I do ship Scorpius and Albus a lot. Like, I know that'll make me angry all over again, but I'm excited because I feel like I'll have, like, actual basis for my ship. Like I'll have actual textual evidence. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up. Um, yeah. So excited and bittersweet to get to the end here. But, um, you know, we're all just staying magical. And being charmed, I'm sure. <laughs> Mischief managed. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum.